0: chapter 15 of the italian this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org reading by marty chris the italian by anne radcliffe chapter 15 along the roofs sounds the low peal of death and conscience trembles to the boding note she views his dim form floating o'er the aisles she hears mysterious murmurs in the air and voices strange and potent hint the crime that dwells in thought within her secret soul the marchesa repaired according to her appointment to the church of san nicolo and ordering her servants to remain with the carriage at a side door entered the choir attended only by her woman When Vespers had concluded, she lingered till nearly every person had quitted the choir, and then walked through the solitary aisles to the north cloister. Her heart was as heavy as her step, for when is it that peace and evil passions dwell together? As she slowly paced the cloisters, she perceived a monk passing between the pillars, who, as he approached, listed his cowl, AND SHE KNEW HIM TO BE SCIDONI. HE INSTANTLY OBSERVED THE AGITATION OF HER SPIRITS, AND THAT HER PURPOSE WAS NOT YET DETERMINED ACCORDING TO HIS HOPE. BUT THOUGH HIS MIND BECAME CLOUDED, HIS COUNTENANCE REMAINED UNALTERED. IT WAS GRAVE AND THOUGHTFUL. THE sternness OF HIS VULTURE EYE WAS, HOWEVER, SOMEWHAT SOFTENED, AND ITS LIDS WERE CONTRACTED BY SUBTLETY. The Marchesa bade her woman to walk apart while she conferred with her confessor. "'This unhappy boy,' said she, when the attendant was at some distance, "'how much suffering does his folly inflict upon his family? "'My good father, I have need of all your advice and consolation. "'My mind is perpetually haunted by a sense of my misfortune. "'It has no respite.' awake or in my dream this ungrateful son alike pursues me the only relief my heart receives is when conversing with you my only counsellor my only disinterested friend the confessor bowed the marquise is no doubt equally afflicted with yourself said he but he is notwithstanding much more competent to advise you on this delicate subject than i am The marquise has prejudices father as you well know he is a sensible man but he is sometimes mistaken and he is incorrigible in error he has the faults of a mind that is merely well disposed he is destitute of the discernment and the energy which would make it great if it is necessary to adopt a conduct that departs in the smallest degrees from those common rules of morality which he has cherished without examining them from his infancy he is shocked and shrinks from action he cannot discriminate the circumstances that render the same action virtuous or vicious how then father are we to suppose he would approve of the bold inflictions we meditate most true said the artful scadoni with an air of admiration we therefore must not consult him continued the marchesa left he should now as formally advance and maintain objections to which we cannot yield what passes in conversation with you father is sacred and goes no farther sacred as a confession said scadoni crossing himself "'I know not,' resumed the Marchesa, and hesitated. "'I know not,' she repeated in a yet lower voice, "'how this girl may be disposed of, "'and this it is which distracts my mind.' "'I marvel much at that,' said Scudoni, "'with opinion so singularly just, "'with a mind so accurate, "'yet so bold as you have displayed, is it possible that you can hesitate as to what is to be done you my daughter will not prove yourself one of those ineffectual disclaimers who can think vigorously but cannot act so one way only remains for you to pursue in the present instance it is the same which your superior sagacity pointed out and taught me to approve is it necessary for me to persuade her by whom i am convinced there is only one way and on that i have been long meditating replied the marchesa and shall i own my weakness i cannot yet decide my daughter can it be possible that you should want courage to soar above vulgar prejudice in action though not in opinion said scadoni who perceiving that his assistance was necessary to fix her fluctuating mind gradually began to steal forth from the prudent reserve in which he had taken shelter if this person was condemned by the law he continued you would pronounce her sentence to be just yet you dare not i am humbled while i repeat it you dare not dispense justice yourself the marchesa after some hesitation said i have not the shield of the law to protect me father and the boldest virtue may pause when it reaches the utmost verge of safety. "'Never!' replied the confessor warmly. "'Virtue never trembles. It is her glory and sublimest attribute to be superior to danger, to despise it. The best principle is not virtue till it reaches this elevation.' a philosopher might perhaps have been surprised to hear two persons seriously defining the limits of virtue at the very moment in which they meditated the most atrocious crime a man of the world would have considered it to be mere hypocrisy a supposition which might have disclosed his general knowledge of manners but would certainly have betrayed his ignorance of the human heart the marchesa was for some time silent and thoughtful "'and then repeated deliberately, "'I have not the shield of the law to protect me.' "'But you have the shield of the church,' replied Scadoni. "'You should not only have protection, but absolution.' "'Absolution. Does virtue justice require absolution, father?' when i mentioned absolution for the action which you perceived to be so just and necessary replied scadoni i accommodated my speech to vulgar prejudice and to vulgar weakness and forgive me that since you my daughter descended from the loftiness of your spirit to regret the shield of the law i endeavour to console you by offering a shield to conscience but enough of this let us return to argument this girl is put out of the way of committing more mischief of injuring the peace and dignity of a distinguished family she is sent to an eternal sleep before her time where is the crime where is the evil of this on the contrary you perceive and you have convinced me that it is only strict justice only self-defence the marchesa was attentive and the confessor added she is not immortal and the few years more that might have been allotted her she deserves to forfeit since she would have employed them in cankering the honor of an illustrious house.' "'Speak low, father,' said the marquise, though he spoke almost in a whisper. "'The cloister appears solitary, yet some person may lurk behind those pillars. Advise me how this business may be managed. I am ignorant of the particular means.' "'There is some hazard in the accomplishment of it, I grant,' replied Scadoni. I know not whom you may confide in, the men who make a trade of blood. Hush, said the Marchesa, looking around through the twilight, a step. It is the friars, yonder, who crosses to the choir, replied Scadoni. They were watchful for a few moments, and then he resumed the subject. Mercenaries ought not to be trusted. Yet... Who but mercenaries? interrupted the Marchesa, and instantly checked herself. But the question thus implied did not escape the confessor. Pardon my astonishment, said he, at the inconsistency, or, what shall I venture to call it, of your opinions, after the acuteness you have displayed on some points. Is it possible you can doubt that principle may both prompt and perform the deed why should we hesitate to do what we judge to be right ah reverend father said the marchesa with emotion but where shall we find another like yourself another who not only can perceive with justness but will act with energy scadoni was silent such a friend is above all estimation but where shall we seek him Daughter, said the monk empathetically, my zeal for your family is also above all calculation. Good father, replied the Marchesa, comprehending his full meaning, I know not how to thank you. Silence is sometimes eloquence, said Scadoni significantly. The Marchesa mused, for her conscience also was eloquent. She tried to overcome its voice but it would be heard and sometimes such starts of horrible conviction came over her mind that she felt as one who awakening from a dream opens his eyes only to measure the depth of the precipice on which he totters in such moments she was astonished that she had paused for an instant upon a subject so terrible as that of murder the sophistry of the confessor together with the inconsistencies which he had betrayed and which had not escaped the notice of the marchesa even at the time they were uttered though she had been unconscious of her own then became more strongly apparent and she almost determined to suffer the poor Elena to live but returning passion like a wave that has recoiled from the shore afterwards came with recollected energy and swept from her feeble mind the barriers which reason and conscience had begun to rear this confidence with which you have thought proper to honour me said scadoni at length and paused this affair so momentous ay this affair interrupted the marchesa in a hurried manner "'But when and where, good father, being once convinced, I am anxious to have it settled?' "'That must be as occasion offers,' replied the monk thoughtfully. "'On the shore of the Adriatic, in the province of Apulia, not far from Manfredonia, is a house that might suit the purpose. It is a lone dwelling on the beach.' "'and concealed from travellers among the forests "'which spread for many miles along the coast, "'And the people?' said the Marchesa. "'Aye, daughter, or why travel so far as Apulia? "'It is inhabited by one poor man "'who sustains a miserable existence by fishing. "'I know him, and could unfold the reasons of his solitary life, but no matter it is sufficient that i know him and would trust him father ay lady with the life of this girl though scarcely with my own how if he is such a villain he may not be trusted think further but now you objected to a mercenary yet this man is one Darter, he may be trusted when it is in such a case he is safe and sure i have reason to know him name your reasons father the confessor was silent and his countenance assumed a very peculiar character it was more terrible than usual and overspread with a dark cadaverous hue of mingled anger and guilt the marchesa started involuntarily as Passing by a window, the evening gleam that fell there discovered it, and for the first time she wished that she had not committed herself so wholly to his power. But the die was now cast. It was too late to be prudent, and she again demanded his reasons. "'No matter,' said Scadoni, in a stifled voice. "'She dies.' "'By his hands?' asked the Marchesa, with strong emotion— think once more, father. They were both again silent and thoughtful. The Marchesa at length said, Father, I rely upon your integrity and prudence, and she laid a very flattering emphasis upon the word integrity. But I conjure you to let this business be finished quickly. Suspense is to me the purgatory of this world, and not to trust the accomplishment of it to a second person. She paused and then added, I would not willingly owe so vast a debt of obligation to any other than yourself. Your request, daughter, that I would not confide this business to a second person, said Scadoni, with displeasure, cannot be accorded to. Can you suppose that I myself, can I doubt that principle may both be prompt and perform the deed? interrupted the marchesa with quickness and anticipating his meaning while she retorted upon him his former words why should we hesitate to do what we judge to be right the silence of scadoni alone indicated his displeasure which the marchesa immediately understood consider good father she added significantly HOW PAINFUL IT MUST BE TO ME TO OWE TO INFINITE AN OBLIGATION TO A STRANGER OR TO ANY OTHER THAN SO HIGHLY VALUED A FRIEND AS YOURSELF!' Skidoni, while he detected her meaning and persuaded himself that he despised the flattery with which she so thinly veiled it, unconsciously suffered his self-love to be soothed by the compliment. He bowed his head in signal of consent to her wish." Avoid violence, if that be possible, she added, immediately comprehending him. But let her die quickly. The punishment is due to the crime. The Marchesa happened, as she said this, to cast her eyes upon the inscription over a confessional where appeared in black letters these awful words, God hears thee. It appeared an awful warning. Her countenance changed it had struck upon her heart. Scadoni was too much engaged by his own thoughts to observe or understand her silence. She soon recovered herself, and considering that this was a common inscription for confessionals, disregarded what she had at first considered as a peculiar admonition, yet some moments elapsed before she could renew the subject. "'You were speaking of a place, father,' resumed the Marchesa. "'You mentioned a—' ay muttered the confessor still musing in a chamber of that house there is what noise is that said the marchesa interrupting him they listened a few low and querulous notes of the organ sounded at a distance and stopped again what mournful music is that said the marchesa in a faltering voice it was touched by a fearful hand vespers were over long ago daughter said scadoni somewhat sternly You said you had a man's courage. At last, you have a woman's heart. Excuse me, father. I know not why I feel this agitation, but I will command it. What chamber? In that chamber, resumed the confessor, is a secret door, constructed long ago. And for what purpose constructed, said the fearful Marchesa? pardon me daughter it is sufficient that it is there we will make a good use of it through that door in the night when she sleeps i comprehend you said the marquise i comprehend you but why you have your reasons no doubt but why the necessity of a secret door in a house which you say is so lonely inhabited by only one person "'A passage leads to the sea,' continued Scudoni, without replying to the question. "'There on the shore, when darkness covers it, there, plunged amidst the waves, no stain shall hint of—' "'Hark!' interrupted the Marchesa, starting. "'That note again!' The organ sounded saintly from the choir, and paused as before. In the next moment, a slow chaunting of voices was heard mingling with the rising peal in a strain particularly melancholy and solemn. "'Who is dead?' said the Marchesa, changing countenance. "'It is a requiem!' "'Peace be with the departed!' exclaimed Godoni, and crossed himself. "'Peace rest with his soul!' "'Hark to that chant!' said the Marchesa, in a trembling voice. "'It is a first requiem. "'The soul has but just quitted the body.' They listened in silence. The Marchesa was much affected, her complexion varied at every instant, her breathings were short and interrupted, and she even shed a few tears. But they were those of despair rather than of sorrow. "'That body is now cold,' said she to herself. "'But an hour ago it was warm and animated.' Those fine senses are closed in death, and to this condition would I reduce a being like myself. O wretched, wretched mother! To what has the folly of a son reduced thee? She turned from the confessor and walked alone in the cloister. Her agitation increased. She wept without restraint, for her veil and the evening gloom concealed her, and her sighs were lost amidst the music of the choir scadoni was scarcely less disturbed but his were emotions of apprehension and contempt behold what is woman said he the slave of her passions the dupe of her senses when pride and revenge speak in her breast she defies obstacles and laughs at crimes assail but her senses let music for instance touch some feeble chord of her heart an echo to her fancy and lo all her perceptions change she shrinks from the act she had but an instant before believe meritorious yields to some new emotion and sinks the victim of a sound o oh, weak and contemptible being THE MARCHESA AT LEAST SEEMED TO JUSTIFY HIS OBSERVATIONS. THE DESPERATE PASSIONS, WHICH HAD RESISTED EVERY REMONSTRANCE OF REASON AND HUMANITY, WERE VANQUISHED ONLY BY OTHER PASSIONS, AND HER SENSES TOUCHED BY THE MOURNFUL MELODY OF MUSIC, AND HER SUPERSTITIOUS FEARS AWAKENED BY THE OCCURRENCE OF A requiem FOR THE DEAD. AT THE VERY MOMENT WHEN SHE WAS PLANNING MURDER, SHE YIELDED FOR A WHILE, TO THE UNITED INFLUENCE OF PITY AND TERROR. Her agitation did not subside, but she returned to the confessor. "'We will converse on this business at some future time,' said she. "'At present my spirits are disordered. "'Good-night, father. Remember me in your orisons.' "'Peace be with you, lady,' said the confessor, bowing gravely. "'You shall not be forgotten. "'Be resolute, and yourself.' The Marchesa beckoned her woman to approach, when, drawing her veil closer and leaning upon the attendant's arm, she left the cloister. Scadoni remained for a moment on the spot, looking after her till her figure was lost in the gloom of the long perspective. He then, with thoughtful steps, quitted the cloister by another door. He was disappointed, but he did not despair. End of Chapter 15 of The Italian reading by Marty Chris